Well, you probably know I like to bring a story for you all. And this is the beginning of the year, so this is the story of a young man straight out of Bible college, his first ministry beginning in, in January at a country church. And he had the opportunity to do his first funeral. The funeral director contacted him and said, look, we've got this funeral to do. This fellow was an old hermit. There won't be many people there, um, but do the best you can. It's at this graveyard. It's hard to find. It's out in the country, a couple of crossroads. He, he um, gave him directions. And so he went off to do his first funeral and he couldn't find it. He got lost. He was driving around. He was terribly late. He couldn't find it. Finally, by these couple of crossroads, he, see this, he sees this fenced off area and there's a couple of guys shoveling dirt into the hole. He jams on the brakes, he rushes up and he says, stop everything, I'm here now, I'm sorry I'm late. And he went and he gave the full service which he had prepared. And then he shook these fellows by, by the hand and said, thank you, and he left. And one man's leaning on his shovel and he says, you know, that's the first time that's happened and I've, I've been putting in septic tanks for years. <laughs> Shall we pray? And our prayer today is going to be some of the words of Psalm 119. O oh Lord, your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand. I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. <coughs> Come and show me your mercy as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word, so I will not be overcome by evil. Amen. Well, friends, we're going to begin this morning by looking at one of the most amazing verses in the New Testament. This verse has the ability to knock your socks off if we really grasp what it is saying. Are we ready? It's the words of Jesus, John 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So let's just take this in. Jesus said that his followers would do what I have been doing. Now that in itself is a mind-blowing thought when we think about what Jesus had been doing during his earthly ministry. He had freed people from demons. He had given sight to the blind. People could walk who couldn't walk before. Lepers were healed. He could even calm a storm with his word. He could take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 men. He even raised people from the dead. And he says that his followers would do these things too. But wait, there's more. His followers would do even greater things than these. And that means not just match what Jesus had been doing, but surpass what Jesus had been doing. Now that is a mind-blowing thought. Well, this was supposed to be the third and final message in a series entitled The Church, The Beginning of the Beginning, as... We as a church are at the beginning of 2022. We've been looking at the first few, few chapters of Acts. Unfortunately, we missed out the second week. We may have it ne next week. But 
Two weeks ago, I preached on the theme, do not do anything but wait for the promise. The disciples had to wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Last week was supposed to be the fulfilment of the promise and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this week, our theme is, now that believers, the believers had been filled with the Holy Spirit, we do as he did. I just mentioned earlier the sort of things that Jesus did during his earthly ministry. He preached at the beginning of his ministry, repent for the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God was near because Jesus was near, Jesus was here. Everywhere he went, people experienced the presence of God's kingdom. God's perfection and wholeness breaking through in people's lives as Jesus set people free and he made them whole. So getting back to our amazing Bible verse that I began at this message, John 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Well then, obviously, if the apostles were to follow in Jesus' footsteps, then they would begin to do these things as well. And that is exactly what we see in today's story that was just read to us from Acts chapter 3. The text tells us that two of the leading apostles, Peter and John, were going to the temple at the time of prayer, which they'd often done before. And they passed a lame man begging for alms, as they'd often done before. But this time, led by the Holy Spirit, Peter said, look at us, and followed by the, by the memorable words, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk and take him by the right hand. He helped him up and instantly the man's feet became strong and he jumped up and he began to walk. It was a miracle, a work of healing. Peter used the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he performed a miracle just like Jesus had done. This was significant because it was the first miracle any of Jesus' disciples had done since Jesus left this earth and ascended to heaven. They were now doing as Jesus did. But what I must stress, and this is the main teaching point this morning, we have two main teaching points, this is the first one. The proclamation of the gospel of salvation is of foremost importance. Signs and wonders support the proclamation. The proclamation of the gospel of salvation is of foremost importance. Signs and wonders support the proclamation. Now, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to the 120 believers gathered and when that happened, what was most important? Was it the proclamation of the gospel or the signs and wonders? The answer is it was the proclamation of the gospel. The coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was accompanied certainly with signs and wonders. We recall there was the rushing wind, there was the tongues of fire, there was the ability they could speak in the different languages. But these signs and wonders were not an end in themselves. They led to the proclamation of the gospel of salvation. From the place where they had gathered, the believers spilled out into the street and Peter began to preach to the mystified onlookers who were saying, what's happening here? What's up with these people? Are they drunk? 
Peter said, no, no, they're not drunk. This has been prophesied by the, by the prophet Joel. Old men, will see, old, old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. It is the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, then Peter went on to say, the one who was crucified, Jesus, is now alive. And he went on to proclaim the gospel of salvation with the famous words in Acts 2 verse 38, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that tells us 3,000 responded and were added to the church's number that day. You see, the proclamation of the gospel of salvation is of foremost importance. Signs and wonders support the proclamation. Now, there is the same connection between signs and wonders and the proclamation of the gospel in today's reading, or what follows today's reading in Acts 3. You see, the lame beggar was healed in the name of Jesus, and this caused quite, quite a stir amongst the local people. They saw the man who was a lame beggar suddenly walking and leaping and praising God and the crowd were amazed and asked, how is this possible? Well, the miracle led to the proclamation. For Peter explained how this miracle was possible. It's Acts 3 verse 12. Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at, stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we can make this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. Now this leads us to the second main teaching point. There's only two today. Remember the first one, the proclamation of the gospel of salvation is of foremost importance. Signs and wonders support the proclamation. Second major point, signs and wonders are given that Jesus may be glorified. For Peter was quick to say, don't look at us. It's not a power of ours that this man can now walk. It's Jesus Christ. God has glorified Jesus Christ. Then Peter, from this, went on to preach the gospel of salvation. In Acts 3.19, he said, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshment may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed, even Jesus. So he went on to preach the gospel from the sign and the wonder of the man being healed. Now, this same link between proclamation and signs and wonders continues right through the book of Acts. A couple of examples for you. The evangelist Philip took the gospel into Samaria now, Philip is famous for his involvement and, con and conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch. Remember the story? The eunuch is in the chariot reading the scroll, which he can't understand. And uh, Philip gets in the chariot and says, beginning with that very verse, he tells him about Jesus Christ. And uh, the man is convicted and he wants to become a Christian. And he says, there's water. Can I be baptised? So Philip and the Ethiopian went down into the water and he was baptised. Right? That's what Philip is famous for. As Churches of Christ people, we know that story well. It's a good baptism story. But even before that, in Acts chapter 8, verse 4 and following, we read this. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city 
to, to a city in Samaria and he proclaimed the Messiah there. What did he do first? He proclaimed the Messiah. He preached first. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs that he performed, they paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who, who were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. So there were signs and wonders, but Philip preached the gospel first and the signs and wonders supported the preaching. We know in the second half of the book of Acts, it's mainly about Paul and his overseas journeys as he went around the Mediterranean Sea to reach the, the, the Gentile countries, accompanied by co-workers Barnabas and Silas. In Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas preached the, the salvation of Jesus <clears throat> in a place called Iconium. But this is what the scriptures tell us. This is Acts 14, verse 3. Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Right? They preached boldly for the Lord. That came first. And God confirmed the message by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Friends, this is a constant theme throughout the New Testament. The proclamation of the gospel of salvation is of foremost importance. Signs and wonders support the proclamation. Then as we read on, we see something that supports our second point today. So as we read on in Acts 14, we see that Paul and Barnabas came to the city of Lystra. And very similar to today's story about Peter healing the lame man, Paul did the same. He was pre preaching a message and there was a man there who was paralysed and he couldn't walk and Paul looked at him, he called out to him, stand up on your feet. At that the man jumped up and he began to walk. A healing story, same as Peter with, with the previous story. But when the local crowd witnessed this, they tried to worship Paul and Barnabas as if they were gods because of what they had done. What was Paul and Barnabas' reaction to this? We read it in Acts 14, verse 14 and following. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and they rushed to the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God. They tried to worship them as gods and Paul and Barnabas ripped their clothes. No, no, it's not us, it's not us. It's Jesus Christ, he's the one. So here we have our second major teaching point confirmed, the first one. The proclamation of the gospel is of foremost importance. Signs and wonders support the proclamation. Second point, signs and wonders are given that Jesus may be glorified. Therefore, no Christian can ever say, I performed a miracle. No. On those occasions when we are blessed with the miraculous, it is because Jesus has chosen to perform a miracle through us. Well, what does this mean to us? As Jesus' church here in Australia in the year 2022 Firstly, returning to the Bible verse which we, with which we began. Remember, John 14, verse 12, that amazing verse. I tell you the truth, 
Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, surely throughout the 2,000-year history of the church, many astonishing miracles have occurred, some surely even greater than the miracles Jesus performed. But I think when Jesus said, you will do greater things than these, perhaps he was prophesying about the greater scope of the Holy Spirit's ministry. You see, when Jesus walked upon this earth, he lived in a finite human body. In his whole three-year ministry, he travelled no further than 200 kilometres from his hometown. Although Jesus' miracles were numerous and they were wondrous, he could only touch the lives of a finite number of people. But that all changed at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to the church. Now Jesus' work could be through the lives of believers all over the planet. It's a true story about a church in, in Britain and their church building was bombed during the Second World War. Blew a hole through it, destroyed much of the inner part of the church. They had a statue of Jesus with his arms outstretched. Blew his arms clean off. After the war, they set about as good, good, good faithful Christians. They repaired the roof. They repaired the in, inside. They started worship again, but they left the statue as it was with no arms. And people would come to the church and they would say, well done, you've restored the church really well, but what about your statue of Jesus? He's got no arms. And their answer was, yes, he has. We are his arms and his hands. We are his arms and his hands. Friends, that's the truth. No longer confined to just one human body, Jesus can now minister through the millions around this planet who believe in him. He can even minister through you and me. The scope of his ministry is not limited. Perhaps this is what Jesus meant when he said to his disciples that they would do even greater things than what he had done. Now, churches of Christ have traditionally been very good at the proclamation of the gospel. We are an evangelical movement. We spread the message of salvation about Jesus Christ. But we have traditionally not put much stress on the area of miracles and signs and wonders. In fact, there has even been a traditional view within churches of Christ that signs and wonders were something that died out with the apostles. Friends, not so. I hope you believe that that's not so. I believe we need to be a church who first and foremost proclaim the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this community. That's first and foremost. That faith in Jesus Christ saves us from our sins and that we can receive eternal life. But we should also remember that as in the book of Acts, signs and wonders can still happen for such miracles support that gospel proclamation. We recall the words of Jesus, who in John 16, 23 said, Truly, truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you'll receive and your joy will be complete. 
Now, we need the wisdom of Christian maturity to understand that God always answers our prayers, but according to his perfect will. And sometimes that means that the Holy Spirit of the living Jesus will work miracles amongst us. Seven years ago, our daughter Kelly was carrying her youngest one, Christian, in the womb. And she went for her regular ultrasound, which women do, and they got back with some bad news. And they said, we're sorry to tell you, but we've detected that the baby's pulmonary artery and the, and the, and, and the aorta are around the wrong way. They're switched. Which means he's got to have surgery as soon as he's born. And it only happens in Melbourne going to have to go to Melbourne and as soon as he's born they've got to perform open heart surgery to swap over the aorta and the pulmonary artery and there's a lot of risk involved. Well, a dreadful worry for the whole family. Of course, we all prayed about it. My prayers were, Lord, help them to cope that this going to Melbourne is going to work out and that that uh, that'll be fine and we pray you'll guide the surgeon's hands for that surgery that is going to come. That was the kind of prayer that I prayed. Maureen has more faith than me. She prayed, Lord, fix it. Lord, fix it. If there's this problem with the arteries in the name of Jesus, fix it. She went for the next ultrasound. They looked. They looked again. Oh, we must have made a mistake. Everything's fine. It's all the way it should be. Christian's a healthy, happy boy, seven years old today. Was it a mistake or was it a miracle? We believe it was a miracle. Therefore, we give praise to Jesus. You see, signs and wonders are given that Jesus may be glorified. Glory to Jesus for the gift of his Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus that the same Holy Spirit that came upon those disciples in the book of Acts is still active in his church today. Shall we pray? Lord, it is wonderful to read the book of Acts and see the excitement of these early apostles. They just carried on the ministry of Jesus, not only the preached word, but we see also you use them with signs and wonders to confirm the message of Jesus that they were preaching. And also, Lord, we see the lesson very clearly from Peter and from Paul and Barnabas. No glory to us. It's nothing to do with us. It's the power of Jesus Christ working through us. Now, Lord, we believe in the gospel and we pray first and foremost, Lord, that as a church and each one of us as Christians, you'll help us to proclaim the message in the way we live and when you give us opportunities to speak. But Lord, let us also be a church that believes in miracles. We believe in wonderful answers to prayer according to your will. Thank you, Lord, the same Holy Spirit who was given to Peter and John is also active in our lives today. All glory be to Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen.